Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Pause I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining. Sharing stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll bring you our exclusive HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the live edition of Pause I Am Radio. This is Robert, and of course, I'm joined by the fabulous Brady Dale Morris. Hello, Brady. Hey, Robert. Good to talk. I to guess you, it's buddy. okay to. I guess it's okay to say Happy Holidays now. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> it is. Absolutely, I'm so excited. I have to admit, the Christmas bug hasn't really hit me yet. I'm still. Um, I'm in Little Rock right now with my dad. Um, he's still in the hospital, but. He, the news is he will hopefully get to go home next week. So I believe once I get to go back to Pocahontas and start helping my mom decorate the house, the little the Christmas bug will, will bite me. I'm I'm counting on it, actually. <laughs> I love that you're from a little town called Pocahontas. <laughs> I sure am. Born and raised. <laughs> born and raised. You know, Pocahontas, Arkansas, where they teach you to paint with all the colors of the wind from the get-go. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, lordy, lordy. Wow, wow, wow. So anyway, so today, you know, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving just passed uh, this Thursday. Uh, I had a pretty good Thanksgiving. I got to see a lot of my family, which is always fun. Um, We seem to only get together for funerals and weddings and kind of like, you know, big things. So every little bit uh, is, is good for me. Thanksgiving, for me, that's what that's about, getting in, and seeing my family and just feeling the, the warmth of being around them all. How was your Thanksgiving? I have to, this Thanksgiving was pretty amazing. Um, I got to spend it. Um, I came down to, to Little Rock to, to see my folks and all. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law and, and my nephew came in. Um, so we got to, I got to see them. And then I got to, went to Russellville, drove about an hour away from Little Rock and Spent half the day with my partner's uh, mom and dad, um, or stepdad, in at their house and ate, and then went over to his dad and stepmom's house, and we got there. Apparently, they had just sat down with plates, so we fixed another plate and ate there, and I was, after that, I was done. I went straight into a food coma. I was done. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... Um ate too much. I went to my aunt, my, uh, my aunt Barb, my godmother always hosts Thanksgiving. So, um, we went there and ate. Um, it was, it was interesting because this was, um, this was the first Thanksgiving without my grandfather, um, you know, being there. So it was kind of weird. Um, it felt like somebody was missing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, it was nice that the tradition, you know, went on and we were still able to still, 
you know, be together because we're a family and, and I don't know, it just kind of was nice to be around all those people and, and, you know, I felt like he was still there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And those, and and honestly, those holidays, you, you always do seem to remember, you will remember um, the first holiday after a grandparent or parent passes away, but it, it, it gets easier and it's always nice to sit there and reflect that, that they would be proud and happy to see the family continuing on and continuing tradition. Um, and they're, they're always still with us. We keep them in our hearts and we keep the traditions that they helped establish and alive. So, and that keeps them alive. So that is true. That is true. And then after that, um, some of my family, my, my other, my, that's my dad's side of the family that we, we spend the holidays with because they all live locally. Um, a lot of my mom's family lives in Florida and Jersey and kind of like upstate PA. So they're not as local. So, um, my my mom's side of the family was actually also up for Thanksgiving. Um, well, actually, was up for a funeral because my uncle Billy passed away uh, about a month ago, and they did a service for him down in um, Florida. And then they came up here and did a service up here for his whole family. So my grandmother flew in from Florida. My aunt, you know, everybody flew in um, for the, the the service that we had up here for him, and they stayed long enough to be here for Thanksgiving which also overlapped my great-grandmother turning 101, which is kind of incredible. Oh, wow. So it's kind of nice that everybody was able yeah. to get together, yeah. Yes, I had a I had a, a great-grandmother that also lived to be a centurion and uh, received a – back then I believe she was – received a letter from President Reagan wishing her a happy birthday and everything. So it was, yeah, it was. It's amazing to get to hear that kind of history and get to talk to to those. Like I said, those memories, you know, that we keep in our hearts and and all that that keeps those that we lose alive. So, but yes, one thing so. I wanted to talk about today, real quick, with you, um, with the holidays approaching, and I know that with a lot of our listeners. Um, now, first of all, I want to apologize. I was sick as a dog two weeks ago when we had Jane on, but it was a great show, and I'm sorry I missed getting to, to talk to her. Um, but then depression, um, and I know that a lot of people talk about seasonal depression, but I'll tell you what, Robert, I have been riddled with it these past couple of weeks, um, and I think it began with um, my partner's mother. She had us tickets to go see a Trans-Siberia Orchestra um, tribute in Russellville, and I was so sick I could not make the trip back to Arkansas. Um, so, and I think that's where my depression kind of started, really started kicking in. But it's just really hard. The time change, it gets dark so early, and I know that a lot of us living with HIV, we already are so. We tend to isolate. We get the, depressed and down about things. And it's it's such a it's such a weird juxtaposition of in your head. Like I, I laid there for um, literally a week. I spent a week on my couch trying to wrap my head around the fact, you know, I, I no longer have my best friend Gabby with me anymore. Um, and I'm there in my house by myself. And I know I've I've fought depression for so long. I know that for me. To get out of depression, all I have to do is just get up and get out and, and do something. But you just don't have – I just don't didn't have the energy and the motivation 
to do it. So I just laid there and stalked and it's it's so hard and I just want to let our viewers our listeners know that that they're not alone, um, that there is help out there and and I know that some people feel like turning to, to medical professionals, um it's it's a sign of weakness, but it's not. It is a sign of strength knowing and recognizing that you can't do this and get through it on your own. Um, and it is okay to take medication if it's, if you need it to, to get over this depression. Um, I'm still fighting it, but, you know, being able to, to come back to Arkansas, be around my family, being with my partner, being around his family, you know, I, I feel a hundred times better than I did just last week. Um, and I know that for me personally, that's what it takes. It takes me getting out and, and being around others to, to, to get over my depression. But I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that, that this is around the holidays because we do. We start thinking about those that aren't, are no longer with us. But we need to take those memories and, and use those as blessings and when we don't have it for ourselves, but, but borrow off of that to, to keep going. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, you know, first I want to acknowledge that you are, you have gone through a lot, Brady, um, a lot of emotions, you know, you're starting, a lot of good emotions, and then, you know, a lot of downward emotions at the same time, like, you know, with Joshua and everything's feeling so great and up and, you know what I mean, and then, you know, poor Gabby and everything that's happened with her, you know, I, I feel for you, and, and I, I want our viewers or listeners to know that, you know, depression isn't something that just goes away, you know what I mean, like, right. it, there's peaks and it comes and it goes, and a lot of people seem to think that, you know, once they get over the fact that they're diagnosed and kind of that, like, <clears throat> I guess it's not necessarily, I mean, it's a form of depression when, you, when you're diagnosed and you're sad about it and you, you start downing yourself. It's kind of like self-stigmatizing self yourself. Um, yes, yes. Like, like, you can get past that and move on and still deal with other things that are going to make you feel depression or depressed. True. You know what I mean? And reaching out, like you said, is, is for me, was, has always been the most important thing, is finding somebody who is similar to me to talk to. I mean, do you find yourself right. reaching out more when you feel that way? Yeah, you know, and I did. I, I, it took me sending out one text to a really good friend of mine. Um, his name is Angel. Uh, he's been one of my best friends in Nashville for a long time, and he actually now lives across the street from me. Um, but I sent him a text just to say, Hey, I'm not avoiding you. I'm not, I'm not mad or anything. I just yeah. am trying to deal and cope with, you know, the loss of, of not having Gabby here and wrapping my head around that. And, you know, it's, it's like I said, just the position of it is so weird. You know, I've got all these great things happening. You know, I was just named to the speakers bureau for prevention access campaign to speak on you equals you. I just gotten back from Panama, bringing the message to Central America. I've got right. Joshua. I have so many, um, you know, things with the Planning Council in Nashville um, are going fantastic. I have so many positive things going on in my life, and I like, you know, someone from the outside looking in would be like, you know, why in the hell are you depressed? You have no reason to be. But if someone who doesn't experience and um, experience depression, I can see how it would be hard for them to understand. But but when it hits you, it is it's I don't know how to describe it, but it is it is self encompassing and it and it can swallow you up. But you have to reach out. But by me sending that one text to Angel, then Angel 
reached out to um, and and told another friend of ours who's actually been a guest on our show before, Larry Frampton, uh, one of my mentors, and Larry called and 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 talked to me and just in getting to talk with him, um, you know, it helped me put things back more into perspective and and gave me strength to to get out of the house. Um, and that's really where it begins. It's just not letting myself sit there in that depression and, and it's, and just realizing that reaching out is not a sign of weakness. It is a tremendous, tremendous sign of strength when one does that. That's true. It kind of like makes you feel numb and like, like this ball of yeah. numbness. Um, and, and you you're, you you can't move. You don't want to move. You don't know how to move. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know how to start. You want to start, but you can't. And and it's just like for me, I know when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling overwhelmed with things that are going on, um, you know, I've learned to kind of reflect and deal with self care. And when I start doing a little bit more self care, um, I tend to get a little less depressed. I mean, self care yes. is always so important for for anyone, you know, to take time out to, you know, appreciate themselves and care about themselves and their body and, and things of that nature. I mean, a lot of times we lack uh, or, or we, we don't take the time out for ourselves. Well, we don't right. And, and I have to, right. And I have to think like YOLO um, for like when we were at um, mm-hmm. Healthy Voices, you know, him saying, you know, sometimes self-care is just, you know, feeding yourself, bathing yourself, getting dressed. I mean, those are parts of self-care, um, and so so think I, I, I constantly. And some of the words of you know the great Kamaria, some of the things that she shared with me mm. and and shared um, through social media, I go back and I look up these people's posts and 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 social media accounts on either Instagram or Facebook, or Twitter, and and I. I, I borrow their strength and borrow from their inspiration. And and it's okay to do that um, because those of us who are in this work, especially in advocacy work, you know, it's not every day is, is a bed of roses. It really is. We make mistakes, we fumble, but we have to, you know, take those mistakes and, and turn them into opportunities for growth and opportunity to, to, to grow our, grow ourselves. So and we can't let, our, we no, can't let ourselves beat ourselves up for, for the mistakes. So, and just, and just know that everyone makes mistakes. So that's true. That's true. So I want to uh, real quick, let's uh, swipe on over to Josh Robbins and listen to this week's HIV scoop. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of the topics that affect people living with HIV uh, directly, which would be like uh, stigma, finding medications, uh, finding support groups, things of that nature. And I kind of, want you to call in if you're listening and you uh, want to share a little bit of your uh, experience with us, you can reach us at 929-477-3572. And uh, we'll be right back. Here's Josh. This is the all-new HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusively for Pause I Am Radio. This week's buzzworthy sexual health news in under two minutes. Here's Josh Robbins with this week's HIV Scoop. So, what's up, everybody? How you doing? How are you doing? It's almost turkey day. Gobble, gobble, gobble. That's awesome. Okay, nearly half of PrEP users have been called a slut 
for using the HIV prevention drug. That's right. According to an article in Attitude, a new survey by FS Magazine asked nearly 800 gay and bisexual men about their opinions of PrEP and whether or not they should take it, and they found a startling third of the people have faced a negative reaction, no pun intended, because they are on the HIV prevention drug, and nearly half, 43% of those on the drug have been called a slut. And 48% of people have been told to, quote, just use condoms, end quote. That, to me... That is insanity. I'm not even going to go there, especially because last week I had someone contact me that had stopped using PrEP, was exposed to HIV while not on PrEP, and became infected. Just unbelievable. All right. And next, now, this is kind of good. You know, Prince Harry's hot. I mean, well, come on, y'all. He is. He's also hot about HIV prevention and testing, and today starts HIV test week in the UK. And the Prince has a very direct message to everyone about HIV test week. Check this out. This is such a pivotal time in the fight against HIV. If we can continue to make HIV testing the norm and empower young people to take control of their sexual health, we can be the generation to finally bring an end to HIV. By not getting tested, it could kill you. By getting tested, it could save your life. I'm Josh Robinson. This was your HIV Scoop. Just Robbins. I kind of like the new intro. Got me bobbing my head as I'm going in and out of the HIV scoop. I kind of like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's always on top of things. And I'll tell you, there's a lot to unpack out of that today. Um, I, I I love the fact that that he he he's bringing attention to to the use of prep, and it just irks me to no end that other people want to put their morality and their on on other other people um it's it's a shame and we need to get we need to stop that um so, people so are they're people. calling they're saying that it's it's slut shaming is, is that correct yeah yeah it's slut shaming yeah it's 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 ridiculous i mean we're human beings we're allowed to to feel the way we feel and we need to stop i mean if people like to express themselves sexually like that then if they're not harming you in any way whatsoever, what business is is it of yours to judge someone else for how they how they live their lives? Um, we we've got to get out of that. We've got to get out of that. Oh, and what I loved was the response was one of the I think he said the responses was just use condoms. Well, what's the difference if I use prep or if I use condoms? Uh, I'm still going to sleep with the same amount of people. Right. You know what I mean? So exactly. I just for me it's just. People are being responsible and taking responsibility for their own sexual health and using PrEP as, as a tool to prevent them from becoming infected. I applaud them. You want to call them Absolutely. a and, that's and fine only, on them. Like, what's the difference? It and the research not. does show that the research is showing that the efficacy of PrEP is higher than the efficacy of condom use. So 
So people who are saying just use a condom are not up to it. It shows their lack of of knowledge of you know what's going on in the world today. They're not they're not staying up to date. And and unfortunately nowadays, what you don't know can hurt you. It can kill you. So so before you pass judgment, stop and listen. Um, something I something I read just the other day. I love the fact that the, the letters that make up the word silent and listen are the same, and that's probably not a coincidence. Uh, I so never thought of that stop before. And, yes, so we need to stop and listen because a lot of people nowadays they listen to argue or they listen to 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 have a comeback instead of actually listening to understand. Um, and and we need to bring that kind of civility back to dialogue because that seems to have have for some reason wearing down, and that's that's causing a lot of the problems we're seeing in society today. That people are not able to have a civil conversation anymore, even if you do disagree, well, that's fine. You know, I was at uh, I attended the the Pos Brotherhood retreats that uh, are put on here put on up here at the Poconos here in Pennsylvania. Uh, a friend of mine, a class who's been on the show quite a few times, well, actually, one of them probably has been on one of the most uh, to promote the, the retreat that he does. Uh, he does one here and one in, I believe, in California or out on the West Coast. Um, one of the things that I learned by going there and, and talking to people and just kind of being disconnected because they didn't really want you connected to social media. They didn't want you to bring your phone with you, which, of course, you know, I still did and people still did, but they kind of really, but for the most part, but for the most part, you were disconnected, you know what I mean? Because you were in this serene right. place and you were meditating. But what they taught me there is, is being present, you know, is different than, than listening. And a lot of people kind of get them confused. And I feel like you can listen to somebody and not necessarily be present when they're speaking to you. You know what I mean? Like for me, right. listening, I'm hearing. But you need to really be present when somebody's speaking. Look at them in the eyes. You know what I mean? Make eye contact. Let them know that, that you are, you know, in sync. And a lot of times um, I find myself listening and not really being present um, just because I feel yeah. like in this living, it's, it's tough sometimes. It is, and it is. It, it takes. It it actually takes some conditioning, and it takes practice because it's the world that we live in nowadays. It's so fast paced. People are listening to respond instead of listening to understand, and and we've got to slow down. And like you said, we have to be mindful and present when when people are speaking because in not doing so, it helps foster and it helps create stigma. I mean, it and it empowers. It, that's where the breeding ground of stigma. Um, so we have to stop and listen. Um, but also, too, I want to talk about how amazing it is. Um, the second part of what Josh just had um, on his on the news of Prince Henry and coming yeah. out and getting an HIV test, live social media. I mean, I had goosebumps. I was spotting back tears, thinking about how proud his mother would be. But also just how amazing it was to see someone, you know, of his standing – and stature showing, you know, how easy it is and how, and trying to normalize just getting an HIV test. Um, and we need more of that. We need more of that from, from Hollywood. We need more of that from our um, political, um, political elected officials. We need that, you know, state you, local officials. Brady, could you imagine how many people would go and get 
tested for HIV if they saw probably like Taylor, Taylor Swift go and get tested. You know what I mean? If she like put that out to her fan base. Or I'm trying to think of like I'm so I guess we're so old anymore right? I don't even know who's hip anymore. But I mean, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like those kind of people, like Cardi B, is that her name or whatever it is? Like yes, people yes, have that Cardi big B, of a fan Nicki base. Minaj, yeah. Um, yeah, Bella like, Cabello, if, Justin Bieber. If they Bieber went out either. and like made a video, yeah, if they went out and made a video of them getting tested, just did it on their own, not to promote any organization, just to go out and to do a good deed and be like, look, I'm going to get tested. You should go too, and just put it out there, and just make people go get tested. Yes. Well, I um I have to say um I'm I'm really looking forward to on November 30th in Nashville. We have been working um this entire past year on an, in the epidemic plan for Nashville, and it's this this plan is bold. Um, it is a lot of out of the box um initiatives that we're going to try to, to put forth and one of the things that we are going to be doing is reaching out I mean it's Nashville Tennessee for crying out loud we're reaching going to be reaching out to the country stars um, and and TV personalities to to do exactly the same thing to to try to get them to do tests on so live on social media to to put out PSAs about getting tested um, so I'm excited to see it, and I'm and I'm so happy to see that Prince Henry is is leading that charge. That's fantastic. Because it's going to yeah, help. his mom, like you said, his mom would be so proud. Yes, he absolutely. She sure would be, and I know that she's smiling down from heaven, just just you know shining and radiating. Um, but it would it helps to eviscerate stigma when we see people in the political. Eye, I mean, I'm sorry, people in the in the social eye doing those type things um it helps normalize it and it is what it's going to take to help end further transmissions of hiv so one of the other things i wanted to uh bring up was yesterday the 24th of november was actually uh the 27 year anniversary of freddie's mercury's passing um in coincidence um i believe his birthday wasn't too long ago either um, if I if I remember correctly, because I remember posting something about it on social media, um, but uh, ironically, he does. There's a movie out about his life out in the movie theater, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's doing really well, from what I'm hearing. I think it's the, I think it was the the highest grossing LGBT the, LGBTQ themed movie ever. Right. Does this sound right to me? That's, that's Does that sound right? Yeah, that's what I that's what I read too. Yeah. So that's and kind of. Um, Cool. I was gonna say I, I haven't gotten a chance to see the movie yet. Um, Joshua and I had, uh, we finally went out last night for the first time in in a, a little while to, for a date, and we decided to pick uh, the Fantastic Beats, uh, the Crimes of Grind- Grindelwald, and it was a fantastic movie. But I do know yeah. that perhaps be the be the next movie that that we go see. Um, everyone that I've Everyone that I've heard that has gone to see it has said that they've learned more about Freddie Mercury than they than they previously knew, um, because this man was a an absolute superstar in his own right. He was he was a star before he was even part of Queen. Uh, he was destined to be an icon. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And he has pops coming out in December. All right, so. <laughs> Moving on to the next one, I want to talk about 
I saw a couple of I saw a couple of these headlines going. I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I did not read the article, so I don't know if you actually did. But I saw something about the first HIV positive. Yes. Did you see anything and, about um, that? Yes. Um, well, I've been following along, and I had been following this for a little while um, because I got to know um, a gentleman by the name of John Torino. Um, who we unfortunately lost just a couple days ago. And he was going to be the first living-to-living HIV-positive donor and recipient Um, because he was waiting for a kidney. Um, There's Mm -hmm. a lady who was going going through the test and everything to to do this. Um, But unfortunately, we we lost John. John was the um, executive director of the National Native American um, AIDS Association, um, and there, I think it was in Colorado, uh, based in Colorado. Um, he was an amazing advocate. I met him first, like I said, at HIV is not a crime in Indianapolis. I saw him again at USCA just this year, um, and I just want to put it out there, um, guys. Even if we are, even if you are HIV positive, you can still be an organ donor. Please, please go get tested and and. And don't forget to mark or check mark that box on your driver's license. I mean, we can't take these organs with us when we die, and they can save more lives. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because John, like yeah, I said, you know, was an amazing man, um, and he's going to be terribly missed not only in Colorado, but but just in the in the advocacy community. Period. Um, he he will be highly missed. Yeah, I I, I actually read something about that. I didn't know actually. Uh, John personally, but I, I'm sure his presence uh, will be missed in the community. Um, you know, I was actually surprised that we could donate things. This is something I found out on my first, like, AIDS walk, I want to say back in, like, 2008, 2007. And I, there was this little stand there that was an organization here in Philly. I don't remember the name. I apologize. But they had all this information that you were able to donate different parts of your body. And I just assumed that, you know, you weren't, it just was impossible. It was something that was not able to be right. done. So, well, because that's what that's what society has has made us believe is that once we are once we become HIV positive, then we are deemed as toxic or you know we're biomedical hazards, and that's not the case. You know, John John Hopkins University has been leading the charge in this, um, and they have actually done a successful. Um, transplant into an HIV positive individual but if I'm not mistaken that transplant came from a cadaver organ um, and it wasn't from like a a live donor to an HIV positive individual but um, Don was going to be uh, you know if everything worked out uh, he was going to be the first living to living um, HIV positive donor to recipient but uh, but luckily uh, and thankfully you know he's helped he helped, you know, blaze that trail, and he's gotten because of his advocacy and the work that he's done, and also the the young lady who was going to donate her kidney, Nina. She is still going through with the test and everything, um, and may still be able to donate her kidney to another another recipient, um, you know, who's needing it. But they are blazing the trail in this, um, and it is going to have long-standing effects. Uh, in the community. So kudos to both of them. And again, my condolences to, to John and his, his beautiful family. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I knew you would probably know a little bit more about that. Cause I, I was just 
crazy this week. My schedule's been with the holidays flipped over. I'm closing now. I'm just, I've been a little out of the loop, but I've been, like, saving the articles on Facebook when I see them. You know what I mean? So when we do shows like this, I have things that I want to talk about. So, but, uh, so one of the other things that um, a lot of people who are newly diagnosed uh, always seem to uh, ask me about is, is finding a support system. And, and, and how to kind of find a support group. You know, that's kind of been like a, a question that's asked a lot. And, I mean, for me, it was I just found a local ASO within my community, and they just happen to have support groups for people living with HIV. I mean, I no longer attend that group. It has fallen apart. But there are replacement groups there that are, are you know, that do it. And I got a lot of out, I got a lot out of it. Um, I got a, a whole new, you know, a group of friends that I would have never met before. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And in those rooms, we were able to open up and share about anything, and it would be judge-free, you know what I mean? And, and it would be nothing but love, and it was a great space. And if you find a support group that's like that, it's really empowering and really healing. And and I want to, you know, and I want to put a challenge out there to, to our listeners. Um, if there's not a support group in your community, start one. Be the one to start one. Um, I, I was fortunate that in Nashville with Nashville Cares um, was the, the aid service organization that, that I started with and my case manager and all was with. Um, they have a great program for peer, to, to train peer, um, peer support, and, uh, and they have got a great volunteer program. And that's where I first began. Um, and for me, you know, it was kind of like up and down. There was like I, w- I kept like dipping my toes in wanting to do advocacy and help. Um, but then stigma and and my own self-stigma uh, kept creeping in, and I would withdraw, and then I'd want to get involved again, and I'd want to withdraw. Um, but, but thanks to Larry and, and Stephen Bloodworth, um, and, and seeing, you know, how strong they were in their advocacy work. Um, they, about, you know, a little over four years ago, they're the ones who drew me out um, and, and got me really just uh, decided, you know, this is, I realized this was my path. This is what I'm here for. Um, and I went, you know, just headstrong into HIV advocacy work. Um, but, but there are, there are other support groups, or I mean, other materials and other places out there that you can turn to. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions. Um, and you know, there's there's you, there's me, there's there's tons. Um, the Sarah Project, um, anybody, anyone out there um, who who authors or does a blog, um, a podcast. Just reach out and and ask. Say like, hey, there's not a, there's not a support group here in that area. And because the HIV community, that is one thing I have to say. It is the the strongest, most supportive. And like you said, you can find so much love, and and finding that love that a lot of us are denied sometimes by our own family um, and by those that we used to call our friends. Um, it can get you down, but when you when you turn, when you finally find that HIV community, the support within this community is is like none other I have ever seen anywhere in the world. Um, and they will, we will be there for you and and help you. Um, 
That is true. There is a lot of love and support within the HIV community for sure. Um, you know, it, for me, it was so important to find people like, as we say, somebody in the same boat, somebody who's been there, or or we some of us we have a tribe. It's our tribe of people that we um, kind of click with, and and at, at conferences and things of that nature. It's a just you know who who you kind of vibe with. Um, for me, when I was you know first coming out into advocacy and and coming to terms with my status, I didn't have a car, so I couldn't go find a support group. And you know I lived further in the burbs out of the city, so I couldn't just hop on a bus. To, you know, I take like an hour ride, hour and a half ride to go to a support group. I mean, yeah, it's worth it, but I don't do that. <laughs> right. Well, not, well and you know, especially after I had my thing. license. Right, and that's a great, great point. I mean, there's a lot of people in rural communities um, who who can't get out um, and who don't want to get out. Um, but you know, with the advent of the internet nowadays, there are mm-hmm. tons of there's lots of online support groups. Um, so that I would I would highly recommend reaching out and searching online. Um, you don't you don't always have to leave your you don't have to leave your house to go sit in a room with other folks. You can do it virtually. Yeah, that's the greatest thing about the internet, and it's kind of why, you know, in the beginning, Pause I Am, uh, the social network was 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 for to to find that support online, you know. And now there's so many websites and groups within Facebook uh, that you're able to just log on and, and ask questions through a chat room and, and you know kind of find that support. But I mean, for me, that's what kind of launched me into activism was like MySpace and f- finding people on there. Uh, at first, and then moving on to Facebook, and you know, and then other platforms, and just discovering people, sharing their stories, and then look, here I am, uh, fifteen, ten years later, um, you know, right. Doing but this. I can remember so. like, shortly after, shortly after my diagnosis, um, you know, Josh Robbins uh, living. I was living in Nashville, and uh, Josh Robbins's uh, video of his diagnosis had just was going viral and I was like, okay, well, I remember I even reached out to him and sent him a message saying, you know, Hey, I'd like to do something to help. I want to get involved. And he's like, sure. Um, you know, send me your story and I'll share your story. And then all of a sudden the prospect of, Oh my God, am I really ready to, Mm -hmm. do I want everyone to know? And I withdrew and did not, didn't, I did not, um, further that, that Avenue. Um, I wish I would have at the time, but but there are people out there, and and you don't always you don't have to even be you don't have to share your your status publicly and all that to find support out there. There are, there are avenues you can you can remain confidential, you can remain anonymous, um, but there just don't be afraid to reach out because within the HIV community, you will not be rejected. You will be, you will be welcomed with open arms uh, and you will not be judged. This is true. This is true. Um, one of the other things I wanted to bring up is World AIDS Day is coming up soon, uh, next weekend, uh, Saturday. Yes. Uh, they don't really seem to do a lot of things that I know of here in Philly. Um, unfortunately, uh, as far as I know, there's like usually like maybe somebody speaking at a college here that you have to go travel to, which is like nowhere near you. You know what I mean? Like out of the university, so it's not really near anywhere that I'm at. Right. You know what I mean? And then they used to do 
this big thing with like tables that you would walk into and there'd be, I think a dinner and you know, they'd have uh, the panels there from the quilt that are hanging up. And then there would be a speaker. Cause I remember Jack McEnroth came and spoke at one time. There's the gay man's chorus that's there. Um, that sings, you know what I mean? There's all this whole kind of thing. And then it kind of just dwindled away. Is and there I, a lot to do in Nashville? Right. No, um, really the only event in Nashville that, that I have seen consistently, um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence um, will do um, a small little ceremony, and we will go and, and hold candles over an overpass uh, in remembrance of those that we have lost. I mean, we've lost over 37 million people to this, to this virus, and that's what World AIDS Day is all about, is remembering and paying homage to those who, who have given their lives those of us who are living with the virus today that's why we have our medications that we have today mm-hmm. because they they push i mean we we stand on the foundation that they created um like i know that i would not be alive i would not be alive none of us would be today if it had not been for those pioneers who who lost their lives but also at the same time stood up and demanded that we be heard that we be treated as people living with HIV and AIDS and demanded that, you know, we be involved in, in the testing, be involved in, in knowing what these drugs were that we were putting into our bodies and the effects they were going to have. Um, but no, I, I it, it's, I'm afraid it's also, we're seeing it in other places that, but no, Nashville, we don't really do a big, World AIDS Day event, and it's it is a shame, and I'm and I'm seeing it like you said, I, it's it's I think it's it's so sad, and and as I'm saying this, I'm realizing you know it it's probably I mean I don't know why myself why I'm not stepping up to the plate to to make this happen. You know, yeah, I know I thought about doing that something like that here, but then it's just like. It's tough sometimes. It's tough to be the only one. Like, at least you have a lot of connections there. Honestly, there's not another activist in Philly that I, like, see on a normal basis every day. Or, like, I could talk right. to every day if I wanted to. And so, like, there's nobody that I could kind of – I'd have to find a way to collaborate this, and it'd be really cool. But not a late for this year, but <laughs> talk about for, right. for the future. You know, but it's a – Yeah, I would, I would love to see more. I would like um... – and well, at least this year too. Uh, like I said, I mentioned it earlier in in this podcast. Um, on November thirtieth, since World AIDS Day is does fall on Saturday this year, um, on Friday morning we are having um, a fir- the first annual. It's a Reverend Sanders Ed, Ed Sanders event honoring him because um, he has done a lot in in Nashville and also just in the U.S. Period and and helping to, to bring light to, to the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Um, and then uh, after that event, we are going to be releasing the, in the epidemic plan to the public um, at a public event at Lentz Health uh, Public Health Center here and there in Nashville. Um, but like I said, those are on November 30th, um, and, and, you know, right before World AIDS Day. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to find something to do here. Um, well, actually, 
the, the ironic thing, and, and, and we're almost running down uh, by the end of the show, actually. So um, World AIDS Day, uh, December 1st, is actually my goddaughter, Brittany. Her, her, it's her birthday, and she's turning 21 this year. And oh, how many? And, and I, my sister wants to go out and celebrate it with her, you know, and something about renting a van or a bus or something, and I don't know. I, when I was 21. Oh, party bus? I, I, yeah, like when I was 21, I don't even remember my 21st birthday. I don't even think I was, like, at the bar. It's crazy. But anyway, yeah. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, next week, is good. we're going to have a World AIDS Day uh, special show. We're going to have a, a special guest, so you're going to have to tune in or follow us on Twitter at Pause Radio um, for updates to find out who it is before the show goes live. Um, Brady, I hope you have a great rest of the day. You do the same, Robert, and thanks to all of our listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you, and thanks again. Yes, we'll see you next week. Life isn't meant to be perfect. It's meant to be lived. Freely. Boldly. Fearlessly. It's meant to honor all that we are. Vibrant. Beautiful. Resilient. And HIV positive. Yes, the road can be tough. But it's worth it. We are worth it. And our stories matter. Together, we are redefining what it means to live with HIV. We are accepting ourselves, loving ourselves, and caring for ourselves. Fully and openly. Because making thoughtful choices enables us to live the lives we want to lead. Together, we are facing every challenge and celebrating every success. We are looking toward the future with purpose and promise. And we're showing others what is possible when we, when we, when we are positively fearless. Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media. And we'll see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.